Have you ever had this feeling that you can't trust anybody around you? People that you should be able to trust, whether it be family, friends, people you've known all your life, people who are authorities, you know, people who are in places of responsibility, you can't trust at all. You live in a bit of a paranoid world. Well, here's the challenge. You see, a lot of the times when we don't trust others, it's really because we don't trust ourselves. In this episode of my podcast, the Harun Rabbani podcast, we are going to look at 10, yes, 10 signs and symptoms that you do not trust yourself enough. And there are real major benefits to you developing self-trust, which we will discuss a bit later on. So beginning with number one, living in the past meaning that you keep thinking about something that you've done in the past with regret. And that sense of regret, that sense of failure, that is not leaving you. And so as a result, you beat yourself up. You tell yourself how bad you were or how bad the decision was. And the truth be told, you know what? I've been through life and I've made a lot of so-called mistakes. But the one thing I've chosen not to do is regret. Why? Because that's the past. It's meant to be buried in the past. Yes, it is important that you learn from your past because when you truly learn, there are no emotional charges associated. When you truly learn, you develop something called wisdom. No emotional charge, just the experience and the new learning. When you put this true wisdom into power, it is called having foresight. Number two, closely connected to this is living from the space of fear, shame, and guilt. Now, as we all know, the biggest instigators of fear, shame, and guilt is what? Religion. Now, I'm not going to have a go at religion. I know a lot of people like to do that. I'll let them do it. But one of the ways to make you controllable, exploitable, easy to manipulate, easy to deceive, is to leave you in a state of shame. Now, I've talked about this in other episodes where shame is biologically embedded in you. Now, this is what used to happen thousands of years ago. You would have to live in communities because if you didn't live in this protective community, you would either go hungry and die of hunger or you'd get eaten up by wild animals or attacked by other tribes. So literally, if you misbehaved and the community no longer wanted you, they would kick you out because you brought shame to that community. You were left to feel shame. And so shame is one step away from being comatose, which is that in itself is one step away from being dead. So fear, shame and guilt, those are emotions that you've got to learn. It's up to you, of course, if you want to change things, please learn how to release them, let go of them so you no longer are controlled by the lowest vibrational emotions, the lowest vibrational energies. The third sign or symptom that indicates that you lack self-trust is being anxious about the future a lot. I'm not talking about the occasional anxiety. I'm talking about really worrying about the future, how things may be, how things should be. So what you wish to do is you build a vision of what the future needs to be and you have this expectation of what it needs to be so this is called a fantasy 
because you don't know what it's going to be like in the future because there are so many different variables changing all the time. So when you get into the future and you notice that your reality is different to your fantasy, this is a fantasy reality gap. This is called disappointment. The bigger the gap, the greater the disappointment. In essence, you start losing self-worth. You stop trusting yourself. So this is something that you may have perpetuated from the very beginning, having anxiety and expectations don't match up. And so the trick is to set an intention, have a vision, have a go, and just work at it incrementally. You don't need to think about anything other than the next move ahead. But of course, this requires a lot of planning. The next symptom is when you allow your emotions to dictate the actions you take. What do I mean? Let's say, for example, you get into a conflict, you get into an argument and you get angry or you get sad. As a result of the anger or sadness, you make a decision because you're saying you made me angry. And so this is what I'm going to do or this is what I'm going to say. Does that make sense? Well, clearly, hopefully it doesn't make sense because here's the truth. The worst time to make a decision is when you're at a peak state of emotion or when you're at a deep depression of an emotion. So people who are depressed, not a good time to make decisions. If you're on a high, jumping up and down because someone's selling something on stage, it is not a good time to make a decision. The best time to make a decision is when you're in a neutral state of emotions, you're able to look at things logically, rationally, with an open mind and an open heart, then you make better decisions. So a good indicator that you have self-trust is to be in a state of neutrality rather than a state of emotional high or an emotional low before you make a decision. Another very important indication that you lack self-trust is procrastination. Now there's so much I can say about procrastination, there's one type which is very useful, but generally that doesn't happen for most people. There's another type of procrastination. And that procrastination is really driven by fear. What would happen if things go wrong? What if I get humiliated? What if I get rejected? As a result, you end up stopping yourself from making a decision, from taking action. So I was speaking to a client early on today. And this particular client wanted to quit smoking. She was saying letting go of the habit is so hard. And I said, no, it's not. Letting go is easy or it can be easy. The challenge isn't letting go. The challenge is you have not decided to let go. So what does decision mean? It means here are all the different options I have in front of me. I'm going to cut out all options bar one. That is the one I'm going to go for. Decidere to cut off in Latin, you're cutting off all choices and you're going for one thing and one thing only. That's when you trust yourself, when you allow yourself to move forward. Another symptom and indicator that you don't trust yourself is a lack of curiosity, a lack of ambition, a lack of vision. What do I mean by that? That there's so much going on in the world. You and I, we don't know everything. I do a lot of research and I know millions of others do a lot of research, a lot of studying. And the curiosity is incredible. We're diving deeper and deeper. The truth is, it is our hunger for knowledge, thirst for knowledge that gets us moving forward. How about you? How is your curiosity? You see, as you get curious, you start activating all sorts of neurons in your brain, all sorts of senses in your brain. 
to be able to learn more, absorb knowledge, process information. It may not be something that you're researching, it may not be a subject that you're studying. It could be curiosity for flowers. How is it that they're so beautiful and shaped in these fractal forms? Or curiosity about a potential relationship, or curiosity about a better career, or curiosity about a novel. It could be anything to do with curiosity. Now, what happens is, as a result of this curiosity, you start releasing more energy and freeing yourself up. So a lack of self-trust means you are very likely to have a lack of curiosity and probably feeling tired. Very closely related to procrastination is perfectionism. What is perfectionism? You're waiting for all the ducks to be in a row before you go ahead and start that new relationship, start that project, start that business, apply for that job, go to the gym, any area of life that you care to choose. We sometimes suffer from this issue. People who are operating from this place of perfectionism often come from this space of, I am not good enough. What do I mean by that? Because I'm not good enough, nothing that I do is ever going to be good enough. And so I'm always going to be scared of rejection. So it's linked to procrastination. So you end up from the perfectionism waiting to procrastinate. A real life example is, for example, me launching products. My goodness, there's been so many books in my draft folder to be written, but I'm trying to get it absolutely perfect. And so in the end, I thought, ha, in preparation for this, I thought, what the heck? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and write my books. I've given myself a 30 day challenge to get my next book written. So you can overcome perfectionism. However, it's a bit of self-trust issue going on there as well. So it's important that you build up that self-trust. It applies to me as much as it applies to you. Another symptom of lack of self-trust is holding on to that childhood criticism. So perhaps you're somebody who used to love singing, you know, when you were about six years old and your mother said to you, no, stop singing and shrieking. You're absolutely rubbish at singing. And so what happens? As you grow older, you decide you're never going to sing again. In fact, you probably stop singing there and then. But not only that, you don't trust your voice. You don't even speak up in company or in a relationship that you're in with somebody. You hold back what you want to be said. You don't want to be heard. You want to be heard, but you don't express yourself. So you start holding yourself back. And now another symptom of lack of self-trust includes being somebody who is controlling or somebody who's on the other end feeling like everybody else is controlling you. Everything else is controlling you. Again, that boils down to self-trust. And the final one I want to talk about is you have the habit of breaking promises to yourself, meaning you tell yourself, typical example, New Year's resolution, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You don't last two or three weeks, it just stops. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to sleep early. I'm going to stop eating this. I'm going to start eating that. And you start reinforcing this lack of self-trust because you have a lack of self-trust. Now, here's what happens when you start shifting these things. When you start building self-trust, so many other areas of your life changes. So many areas. First of all, you start trusting yourself. As a result of trusting yourself, you become worthy of trust, meaning you trust yourself. Other people feel that vibration, feel that energy, and they start 
trusting you and giving you roles and responsibilities and opportunities to match up to that trust and that worthiness because your self-worth goes up, your confidence goes up. Also, as you become more self-trusting, you can trust others. You will trust everyone to different degrees. So what do I mean by that? Now, if there was a ravenous, hungry, barking dog that is known to be a biter, I can trust it to bite me when it's hungry and if I start messing around with it. There's trust there. It doesn't mean there's a right or a wrong. So you have the ability to discern different levels of trust for different people or different situations. Most importantly, because you trust yourself. So the question is, how can you shift this? Well, actually more important than shifting is knowing what is the first thing to do to rebuild trust. Well, your lowest energy center, which is connected to manifestation, connected to your human experience on earth is the root chakra. When that is out of balance, it's a bit like a tree. You know, today as we speak, we have a very windy day or it's nighttime now, a very windy night. Now, if you have very shallow roots, like some of the trees out there, you are going to get blown over by a simple storm. If on the other hand, your roots are very, very deep, the storm will feel like a breeze for you. And so you will see this if you're from England or any other country who's experienced storms, you will see that the most solid trees tend to have the most deepest roots. And even if they got deep roots, if they're broken above, meaning they're really old, the trunk's a bit damaged or rotten, then it will break. But otherwise, if you have solid roots, your foundations are in place for you to be grounded. And so, when you are experiencing anxiety, when you're experiencing fear, shame or guilt, it starts eroding away your energy center called the root chakra. The most powerful thing you can start doing is rebuilding your root chakra. And how do you do that? There's a number of ways. First way, the physical side, practice standing still, practice stillness. How do you do that? My two favorite go-to work are Qigong and yoga. So both of them work very solidly with your root chakra. The second thing is to eat foods that will reinforce your root chakra. And these are primarily root vegetables, actually, including turnips, potatoes, sweet potatoes, radish. So eat those kind of foods, which will help you get grounded. And autumn is a very good time to strengthen your root chakra. The third one, which is super, super powerful is meditation. But it's not any old meditation. It's meditation that will solidify or restore balance to your root chakra. Your meditation acts like medication for your root chakra on an energetic level. So what I've done, knowing that this time in our human history, so many people are being uprooted by being socially isolated, by having to distance from each other, by all the media stuff, doesn't matter which side you take, all of that is creating huge amount of anxiety. We can't trust the politicians and a lot of the health specialists and even the scientists. And so what we end up doing is starting losing trust in ourselves and the decisions we make. And so it's so important, no matter what side of the fence your political views are, your economic, your health views and so on, no matter what side, we all are energy beings. So 
I've created a training program to actually help everybody. Everybody who chooses to take ownership and responsibility for your root chakra. It's a free training. Um, the training program is called The Seven Secret Powers of Your Root Chakra. It's a uh, three-part video series, 20 minutes each, and they're very practical. So I'm going to take you through some stuff which will reinforce your root chakra health and it will reinforce your mental health, your spiritual health and your connection to the people who matter most to you in the relationships that you are in. Now, should that training resonate with you, then if you want to dive deeper, I've got another training which is focused on doing meditations and using sound frequency and so much more to strengthen your root chakra. You can do that. You're welcome to join that. But I encourage you to at least start off with a free training, which is only one hour long. So it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes and 20 minutes, 60 minutes long. And uh, all you need to do is click on the link. You see, my friend, when you start working on your root chakra, when you start building the foundation of your manifestation energy centers, then you are more in control of your reality. If you're in control of your day-to-day -day reality, the cumulative effect is to be in control of your destiny. And it starts with you building the foundation. I hope this episode of the Harun Rabani podcast has been useful, at least interesting for you. Please put some of this stuff into practice and make sure you share this video and I will see you next time. Bye for now.